Round two of Wild Stars kicks off tonight at the XL Energy Center. We preview the game, talk about the Stars and the Wild in today's special crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars, part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making both shows your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find both Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. On today's special crossover episode, we talk with Dan Lewis of Locked On Stars, previewing tonight's matchup between the Wild and the Stars. We'll look at some things to clean up from the last matchup between these two teams, and we'll see how both teams are doing at this point in the season. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, joined by Dan Lewis, host of Locked On Stars. Six to five shootout win. Wild ended up hanging on for dear life uh, in that game, Dane. And I, I hope for every bit of the chaos in this second matchup between these two teams. But I'm not going to lie. I would be okay with a, uh, a more decided victory for one side. But main thing is, is that uh, when these two teams match up, there is always some exciting, explosive hockey that takes place. No doubt. And I'm right there with you in terms of, you know, the chaos and the the electricity that the first game of this season series brought us. If we get another exciting matchup, I think that uh, the audience, both in the arena, watching on TV, will be will be pretty pleased overall. I mean, it's rarely a dull moment when these teams get together. And I mean, that game was nothing short of spectacular, just what the Stars were able to do as far as the comeback and then uh, a pretty entertaining up and down overtime period. And then, of course, I know shootouts are controversial across the league, but I mean, just a really great game all around and excited for round two tonight. Well, let's let's talk about where Dallas is at. They've they've been either first or second pretty much all season in the Central Division. And so I have to ask, you've had a chance to see this team play up close the whole year. Is this sustainable? I mean, we've seen Winnipeg go on a little bit of a lull with all the injuries they're dealing with. Colorado has started to fall off a little bit until they get fully healthy. Is this something barring massive injuries for Dallas that they can sustain through the entire season? It's a great question, and it's something that even those of us that follow the Stars closely have been asking since the, you know the first week of the season when they, you know, were just scoring four or five goals a game and only allowing one or two a game. Uh, and really, I think the answer is yes, barring any, you know, traumatic injuries or anything out of the ordinary. I think that what this team has done so far this season under new head coach Pete DeBoer it is sustainable. I mean, the talent is clearly there on all sides of the ice, include, I mean, from the, the forwards to the defensemen, uh, which might be the weakest part of the team, but Miro Haskinen alone uh, is, you know, worth the price of admission in that regard. And then, of course, in net, Jake Ottinger and Scott Wedgwood, one of the better goalie tandems in the league this season. So it, it's definitely a, a good question. And I know that every team in the Central Division, or at least the top, uh, I'd say four or five, are certainly – you know, hanging in that playoff atmosphere. Uh, you know, you mentioned 
the Avalanche, the Winnipeg Jets, and then, of course, Minnesota has really come on here in the past month or so and really kind of put themselves in the conversation for a, a top three team in the in the division. So it's going to be easier said than done. But to answer the question, I do think that what they've done is sustainable. And I, I think, if anything, they, they could get better depending on what they're able to do at the trade deadline, which might not be that much. But with, with Jim Nill and what he's done over the past few years with this team, you never know. It seems like the Wild and the Stars will be forever linked by Kirill Kaprizov and Jason Robertson, that Calder Trophy battle that came all the way down to the wire that Kirill did end up did end up winning. But at the same time, you look at what Jason Robertson's done this year, he has by far the better numbers. Did we see anything like this coming from him? I know he had a, a great year last year too, but it just seems like he has taken it to another level here uh, this season for the stars. I mean, the expectation was for him to be great and for him to at least duplicate or replicate rather what he did last season, which was score 41 goals and be top three in team scoring overall. And I mean, he so far, I mean, he's blown that out of the water. And I, I think a lot of people, including myself, are really surprised at what he's been able to do and in a really pleasant way, especially considering that he didn't participate in training camp. He didn't play in any preseason games because he was kind of holding out, waiting for his new contract deal to be negotiated. They finally get a deal done about a week or so before the season. And uh, I mean, I think that that's going to kind of change a little bit of the culture around the NHL with some young guys and really good players that are waiting for new contracts that they can just kind of wait up until the very end and get new deals. And if they take care of business over the offseason and train and, and keep themselves in shape and keep themselves game ready during the summer, I, I mean, I think that Jason Robertson has maybe set a new trend for some players around the league. And I mean, he's been spectacular this season. And even that I think is an understatement, uh, just unreal what we've seen from him this season and Kaprizov obviously doing his thing as well. And I, you're right. I think they are going to be linked together, especially if they both stay long-term with the wild and the stars. I mean, both of them, I mean, just kind of the, the up and coming bases of the league. We're kind of seeing some of the, the older players start to fade out I say that, although Ovechkin Crosby still playing at a high level, but I mean, I think in five or 10 years, these guys Kaprizov and Robertson could very well be the, you know, the new faces of the league. Absolutely. Um, Got to ask about the top line for the stars because the numbers that they're putting up are just absurd. Like where, where do you see them amongst the other top lines in the NHL? Top one, top five? They got to be up there. Definitely. And my bias definitely wants to lean towards more the the top one, top two. Uh, and of course, I watch this team every night and I'm not. There's some teams that I've seen very little of this season. But I mean, just based on what I've seen from hence Pavelski Robertson so far up to this point in the year, I, I mean, I think they could go toe to toe with any top line in the league. I mean, what they're doing is excellent. I mean, we, you talk about Jason Robertson and he's, you know, already over 50 points, but then Rope Hintz has just been on a tear through the month of December, but really been a, a solid player all season uh, and just scored two goals on Tuesday night in Nashville to beat the Predators and Joe Pavelski's in what year 17, year 18, he's almost 40 years old, but he's top three on the team and scoring and still finding ways to be an effective player. So, I mean, it's just that perfect mix of, you know, veteran expertise and finesse mixed with some explosive speed uh, and just insane shooting ability from Henson and Robertson. Um, I got two more for you. I, of course, would be remiss if I didn't ask about Ryan Suter continuing to, you know, be one of those veteran presences on this team. Is he at this point in his career 
still productive. I know he just his big thing is that he eats a ton of minutes. How how has he been doing so far this year for Dallas? He he's doing better than what Stars Twitter would have you believe. If you spend any time <laughs> on Stars Twitter, you would think that Ryan Suter is like the starter of every global conflict. I mean, th- this man can do no right in the eyes of some Stars fans. And at, at sometimes he is definitely, you know, not the best player and he's a little slow on defense. And it has definitely been, you know, the cause for several goals scored against the Stars this season. But every now and then he still makes a really nice play on offense. Uh, I believe it was the game right before Christmas against Montreal. A really nice pass from behind the net in the trapezoid to the slot uh, that, you know, hit, I believe it was Wyatt Johnston who scored a goal. Uh, and that was eventually the game winning goal. I mean, he makes little plays here and there still doing well, uh, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's probably still very overpaid. And I, I mean, I, I just don't really think there's much better options for the stars right now in terms of who they have in the AHL. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people, it's not a popular opinion to defend Suter, but I mean, he's done fine. And I think obviously the team is still doing well, despite some of the mistakes that he does make. And some of them are obvious and some of them are hard to watch, but you know, he, he still makes plays. And like you said, he provides that veteran leadership. Uh, and I mean, you and I both know, and people who have watched this game for a long time know that veterans are, are very valuable on teams that look to make the playoffs. I mean, Suter's a guy who's been to the Stanley Cup playoffs a ton of times alongside, you know, guys like Pavelski, who's been there a lot, Sagan, Ben, they've been there quite a few times. So, I mean, it really helps whenever you get into the, you know, the crunch time part of the season to have those guys that can handle the pressure and, and can be a little bit of a, a guiding presence for some of the younger guys on the team. And final one for you here before we flip and we uh, we go a little more wild-centric. Uh, take Robertson out of the equation. Who has been the biggest surprise so far this season? And that can be either positive or negative. Who's been the biggest surprise so far for the Stars? That's a great question. There's a a lot of ways I could go with this, but I'll I'll go with the guy that I just mentioned a second ago in Wyatt Johnston. He's a, a rookie, 19 years old, drafted in the first round of the 2021 draft by the Stars. And I think he scored 124, 125 points last year in the OHL uh, and has, you know, come into this season. And now he has, I believe, 10 goals uh, and not too many assists. But I mean, he's playing really, really well for a kid who's not even 20 years old yet. I mean, this is his first taste of NHL experience. And I mean, a guy who lit up the junior hockey world of it. I mean, we've seen guys who are really great at the junior level, but then the game doesn't necessarily translate super well uh, to the NHL level immediately. But I mean, he really hasn't skipped a beat. I mean, he's been fantastic for the stars this season, really hasn't shown too much regression. He's played every game for the stars this season, scored in his NHL debut, which happens to be the first game of the season for the stars. I mean, just an absolutely fantastic player and a guy that's even now starting to look like a steal, even though he was taken in the first round. It was pretty late in that 2021 first round. And I mean, a little bit undersized, but has a nice sense of speed, but also a surprising amount of physicality. And I think part of that is because he plays on the same line as the Stars captain, Jamie Benn, who is no stranger to to physicality and aggressiveness. So, I mean, he has good mentorship with some really great on the team and also has a nice sense of humility to him as well. I mean, he's a, a great player and certainly working his way to being a top six forward on this team for a while. But I mean, he just shows up, does his job. And when he does score and when he does well, he's quick to credit his teammates. And so shows a lot of maturity for only being 19 years old, both on and off the ice. 
things you love to see from uh, from players on your team. And so uh, we will uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Minnesota Wilds on the other side of the break as we continue our special crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for sports betting info plus stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline where the game starts. Continuing today's special crossover episode of Lockdown Wilds and Lockdown Stars. Once again, thanks for making both shows your first listen each and every day. Make sure for your second listen, you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, which can take everything going on in the wide world of sports and give it to you all in one place. Locked On Sports Today is your uh, is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, absolutely free of charge. All right. We're getting wild-centric here on our crossover preview for tonight's game. So, Dane, if you've got any burning questions, Minnesota Wild-related, hit me. Yeah, I think the the best place to start is in the crease, in the net for this team. I've I've noticed, you know, just either whether it's your tweets or, you know, tweets that you're retweeting people that follow the Wild. Seems like there's been one goalie in particular, Philip Gustafson, who's been playing really well as of late. I mean, what can you say about his performance here over the past few games? And I mean, is it something that you think is a a flash in the pan or do you think this is Gustafson finally kind of becoming who he was supposed to be when he entered the NHL? You know, Philip Gustafson is a fantastic and fascinating case study for an NHL goalie because you you look at his time with the Ottawa Senators and in talking with the uh, the Locked On Senators guys after that trade, didn't really know what we had with Gustafson, and he was just kind of a raw prospect. He had shown flashes at the NHL level and just really had not had an opportunity to really showcase what he had, and those first few games of the season this year were awful. Nobody's nobody's sugarcoating that. You can just you can look at the numbers. They were not great. But ever since then, it just feels like something is starting to kind of take hold with both Philip Gustafson and Mark Andre Fleury has been he's been up and down uh, this year, but uh, I think he's been more up than down. It just seems like both of those guys especially Gustafson, have really found something that works here. And I think part of it, and I'm not trying to downplay, because the numbers speak for themselves. Gustafson's been one of the best goalies in the NHL since the middle part of November. Like, you can't take that away from him. I think this team has just done such a good job defensively of limiting the amount of shots that get through to the goalies. It seems like and this was a perfect example of what happened in the game against Winnipeg. It didn't seem like, with the exception of the one goal that Winnipeg scored, it didn't seem like there were any opportunities like right in front of the net that got through. All the shots were from further back in the zone through clear passing lanes. And so you as a goalie, you have a real easy time seeing those types of shots if those are the only ones that you face. Now, to Gustafson's credit, 
I think he started the season off a little jumpy in the net. You know, you get kind of excited and you want to make those flashy plays. And I mean, I don't know if some of that was Marc-Andre Fleury kind of rubbing off on him. But since then, he's been real quiet in the net. He has been quiet. He's been confident. And it's to the point now where you were looking at this as maybe kind of a one-year, just see what you got with him. I think he's entered into the, what are we going to do to keep this guy around territory? Because Marc-Andre Fleury is not going to play forever. And Jesper Valstead is maybe another year or two away from being able to help you at the NHL level. If Philip Gustafson can even give you 80% of what he has shown over the last month, just as his like his base level, <laughs> that has makings to be a really good goalie, similar to what the stars are getting from uh, from Ottinger. That you feel like that guy can be a starter, and I I think the Wild might have something here. Yeah, it seems really special what he's been able to do, and you know it seems like he's kind of slided into maybe potentially being the, the number one going forward for Minnesota. I mean, and you have to feel pretty good if your number two is Marc-Andre Fleury, who's, I mean, one of the best goalies of our generation and one of the best of all time, no doubt. And, and so I think that that makes this team up in Minnesota incredibly dangerous. And obviously it wasn't, I mean, you touched on it a little bit, not the best start to the season for the team as a whole, but now they have find themselves, you know, we beat the Winnipeg Jets the other night and they're a good team and they're beating some other really good teams and playing in some, competitive games and finding ways to get points. I mean, what, what changed for, for this team and where do you think the turning point was in this season? Cause I mean, things did not look very good uh, in the early weeks, but now, I mean, you could hardly tell that anything bad was happening as the wild they're finding themselves in the top three in the division. Well, I think when this team finally came to the realization that they weren't going to be able to do it the same way they did last year, they were like a top five offense in the NHL last year. You had Kevin Fiala in the mix, able to score just a, a gajillion goals. But I think scoring enough goals to kind of sweep all of your issues under the rug. The Wild were not a great penalty kill team last year, not a great power play team last year, not all that good in the uh, in the net as well. I mean, the goaltending, Cam Talbot had a fantastic run down the stretch. Goaltending was pretty uneven beyond that. And so the Wild just kind of, they, they outscored their problems last year. Tried to do that early on and got wiped off the face of the earth in those first three games. And so I think then the team came to the realization that we can't do that this year. If we're going to be a team that has success, we have to improve on special teams. We have to get better goaltending. We have to commit to playing defense as well. And they've done all three of those. The defense has been terrific since that uh, that start of the season. I mean, you take away that, um, that start, that 0-3 start, and they have, I think, almost an identical record to where the Stars are at right now. And that feels like if you erase that start – feels like this is another great season. And not to say that it isn't, but it just starting 0-3, I think is so magnified because you have everybody watching, hoping for great things. And you see those three games and you're like, yikes, we might be in trouble. But they just, they've committed to all the other areas beyond scoring goals. And they have put together a formula that is very repeatable for wins this season. And I think 
you know, I, I don't like to see teams get just whomped up on like that, but that was probably the best thing that could have happened to this year's team is just the realization of, hey, we can't win games like this like we did last year. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that it's better that it happens earlier in the season than than later in the season. I mean, you learn those lessons and kind of find out your identity early on in the season. And then you, you know, once you find that identity, you roll with it. And it's obviously working for the Wild right now. And they're playing really well. And of course, a big part of that, I mean, they still find a way to score goals. Kirill Kaprizov's out there. Uh, and, and I wasn't planning on asking the question, but since you asked me, I'll, I'll throw it out your way as well, just to, to give the Stars fans out there a little bit more insight about this Wild team. Who's a player that they should be keeping an eye on who's maybe an under-the-radar kind of player or, or a guy who's kind of taken everyone in Minnesota by surprise this season? I've got a perfect name for you. Uh, Sammy Walker, who has been – he was at the Iowa level at the start of this season, but due to the injuries that the Wild have been facing uh, at points this season, uh, he has come up and he has provided – maybe not on the same level that, uh, that Kevin Fiala did last year. He's provided a spark – with Matt Boldy and that uh, that line with Freddie Goudreau to where you're starting to see a little bit of that magic that that line had last year and scored his first career NHL goal against Winnipeg. Granted, it was an empty netter, but still. You, you, you don't put an asterisk by those. It's still a goal. Um, he, he's been a lot of fun to watch because he works hard. He flies around the ice. And so uh, for Stars fans that uh, that want to... Keep an eye on him. Just look for number 74 um, in the uh, the home unis. Uh, he will definitely be a player to watch. And honorable mention, I mean, I, I got to go with the guy that, uh, that the Wild brought in, Ryan Reeves. He has turned this team, I think, into a competitive bunch. And he he's not somebody that's going to provide you really scoring, but he just has turned this team from a team that looked like they didn't really know what to do. They were unsure of themselves. He's turned it into a bunch that's got some swag. And uh, I think the Wild are 13-3 and since he was acquired. So obviously they're playing great hockey with him in the lineup. And so that's another guy that uh, you can kind of look at see as somebody who has really helped turn this season around. Yeah, my, my heart definitely sank a little bit when I saw he was coming to the Central Division, uh, not as a member of the Stars, just because of what he provides from a, a physicality standpoint. And a, I mean, it just giving that team, whatever team he's on, a competitive edge. And I mean, clearly the Wild are, are playing with that right now. And I mean, he's not a, a big goal scorer, not a big, a big point getter, but I mean, a huge presence on the ice, both physically and, and on the mental side as well. Uh, really, really solid player and good pickup, I think, for the Wild. Um, and kind of the last question I'll throw your way, just because, I mean, he wasn't a star for very long, but Matt Zuccarello still playing at a really high level, 35 years old, kind of in the same boat of Joe Pavelski of being an older player, but still being effective. What's it been like watching him play this season and how valuable is he to this team and where they're at right now? Oh, he's he is a huge reason that this team is as successful as they are. And you could argue he's playing his best hockey of his career at the age of 35, 35 or 36. He's on pace for just under 100 points right now and a 35-goal pace. It's just insane numbers because he was a guy who was on pace to shatter the franchise record for points last year before he got hurt. And he just has found a way to one-up what he did last year. And I, I think some of that is that you're not seeing the goals be scored at the same level that they were last year. 
And so both him and Kirill Kaprizov have kind of stepped up to try to help uh, overcome some of that slack. But he has had career-best point streaks twice so far this year with 10-game point streaks. He had like a seven-game goal streak uh, recently that was snapped. And so he just... It seems like as the season goes on, he just gets better and better and better. And Pavelski is a perfect um, a perfect comparison kind of for where Zuccarello is at because you just you wonder when players get up to that age if they can keep doing it and they don't show any signs of slowing down, even where they're at age-wise. Yeah, it's so bizarre that hockey is maybe the most physically taxing sport, yet we, we see or at least right now we're seeing a ton of guys, you know, up in their upper thirties, 35 plus years old and still being some of the best in the league. Like Ovechkin still chasing history and Wayne Gretzky's goal record now. And Sidney Crosby still playing well, Joe Pavelski, Matt Zuccarello, and, and even Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, the goalie position a little bit different, but I mean, goalies don't tend to last very long once they get into those mid to upper thirties and, I mean, he's definitely not the the flower that he used to be, but I mean, he's still an effective goalie. He's bloomed enough to uh, to still be able to uh, to do some things. So, well, uh, tell you what, I have an idea for how we'll preview the uh, the game this evening. We're going to play a little hot or cold uh, to try to look at key areas that these teams will match up in as we finish today's crossover episode of Locked On Wilds and Locked On Stars. After this. Today's episode is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few weeks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Final segment of today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars. Thank you for making both shows your first listen each and every day. All right, we dive into the preview now. And we're going to play a little hot or cold to try to figure out the key areas that this matchup could be decided on. And we'll start with the goaltending. Dane, Dallas goaltending over the last, I don't know, you want to if you want to go this month or or recently, Dallas goaltending heading into this game, hot or cold? I'll I'll, I'll go with hot on the goaltending. Both Jake Ottinger and Scott Wedgwood have been really good as of late, and I expect that we'll see Jake Ottinger in this game as he's a a native of Lakeville, Minnesota. So I mean, playing in his home state, a, a really great opportunity that he only gets a few times a season, and he he's been playing really well. Uh, he shut down the Washington Capitals and Ovechkin when he was still looking for 801 and 802 and has put up some other really good performances against some really solid teams. Uh, the New Jersey, De- or no, that was Scott Wedgwood against the New Jersey Devils. The Stars just got done with a, a five-game road trip through the Metro Division, and Ottinger was really good on that trip, and he's been really good all season. 
battling some injuries here and there. And of course, a few shaky performances, including the last time these two teams got together. He actually got pulled in favor of Scott Wedgwood to start the third period. But I mean, you can't expect a guy to be perfect every single game, but I think there'll be a little extra motivation for Jake coming into this game, playing, I'm sure, in front of a ton of family and friends and I'll, I'll go with hot for the goaltending. But what about on the on the Minnesota side? I'm going to go with hot as well because I've kind of dismissed the one blemish that the Wild have had in the last like eight games. That was that five to two loss against the San Jose Sharks and second night of a back to back and travel with both games involved. It was pretty clear that the team was tired in front of uh, of Philip Gustafson, and so he took the loss couple of the goals are maybe ones you'd like back, but it's just one of those situations where the Sharks had full energy in the tank and uh, and they really exploited the Wild in that one. But beyond that, the goaltending has been great. I mean, they, they have put the clamps on some uh, some really good teams here recently, and so I'm going to put Flurry and Gustafson both in the hot category as we uh, gear up for this matchup tonight. Yeah, I mean, it should be a good goalie matchup regardless of who's in net for either team, I think. But, I mean, it should be a good one based on how both teams have their goalies playing over you know the past month or so. Let's talk special teams. Power play, penalty kill, hot or cold coming into the game? Ooh, for, for the Stars, it's got to be somewhere in the middle. All, all Stars, penalty kill, it's been one of the best all season. I mean, they, I think they're fourth or fifth in the league right now in penalty kill percentage. And they're just really, really effective. They don't necessarily generate a ton of shorthanded goals or a ton of scoring opportunities, but they're just very, very good at slow, you know, disrupting plays, even with the man off the ice and and just clearing the puck over and over and over and making it really difficult for the opposition to consistently get set. Uh, And the power play, I I believe is still in the top 10 in percentage and it's doing fine overall, but over the past month or so, it's really kind of, you know, been very up and down. It's either red hot or, or, or it's stone cold. And I, I even I think the last game the Stars played on Tuesday in Nashville was a great example. They go one for six. And I mean, it's nice to get one goal out of it, but you get six opportunities against a team like the Predators who are, you know, bottom of the league and penalty kill percentage. And you've got to execute on those a little bit more. And mo- most of the issues lie in the fact that the Stars top power play unit is very solid. It's the top line. It's Miro Haskinen and Jamie Benn. And that second unit, it's just a little bit of a mess right now with some players getting shuffled in and out. And I think they're still trying to find who needs to be there and who needs to have what responsibilities. But I think it's just something that's going to come with time. So I'll, I'll lean just barely hot if only for the penalty kill for the stars. I'm going room temperature for both. And I was nodding emphatically because boy, that sounds familiar for the wild power plays that you got the top unit that does some good things. Second unit. It's like, okay, just just give us something, something for this like minute and a half until the top line can come back out. This team, when things aren't going well on the power play, they pass too much, way too much. They had a five on three against the Anaheim Ducks the other night. And for 50 seconds, they were passing the puck around the perimeter without taking a shot once. And it drove me absolutely insane, which is why I'm bringing it up again. And so I'll say because they've had some good moments, but they also have had a couple of games where you are struggling to even get the puck into the offensive zone. So I'm going to say room temperature. Penalty kill, it seems like, has been starting to play better. They had a stretch where they were getting pretty leaky on the penalty kill. 
So I'm going to say room temperature. It's it's not hot. It's not cold per se. They they have their moments, but it's still going to be one of those things where the bigger issue for the Wild is just making sure that they don't send Dallas to the power play multiple times. Play some smart hockey like they did against the Winnipeg Jets. Two penalties committed was all, and probably should have been a third, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, two penalties the entire game was all. And so they didn't have to really get tested on the penalty kill. That'll be key in this matchup, I think, is just to play smart five-on-five hockey and not have to settle it in the box. Yeah, I think that's one thing. If the Stars get six opportunities on the power play like they did Tuesday against Nashville, I would really hope that they could take advantage and you know get two or three goals out of it. But we'll just have to see. I don't know where the wild fall in terms of you know, time shorthanded or penalties committed this season. But I think that's something worth keeping an eye on for sure. Yeah, and uh, percentages-wise, the Wild are more near the middle of the pack on the power play. I think they're closer to 15th. And penalty kill, I think they're also kind of middle of the pack. So, you know, just Goldilocks and the three bears. Not too hot, not too cold. Just right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there, there's worse places you could be, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that is definitely for sure. Okay, final one that we'll talk about. Uh, top lines. The just death combo that the uh, the Dallas Stars are able to produce and uh, Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, and Sam Steele. Hot or cold for the top line heading into this game? Uh, for the Stars, it's as hot as it can be. I mean, this line has been buzzing all season long. Even if they're not scoring goals, I mean, every time they're on the ice, they're generating scoring chances. They forecheck really heavy. I mean, it's it's just clockwork. I mean, those three guys get out there on the ice and they just go to work for you know a minute or a minute, 15 seconds, however long they're out there on the ice. And I mean, it's all three guys. I mean, Joe Pavelski up there in his older age, I mean, is still maybe one of the hardest workers on the team. First guy out there on the ice, one of the last guys to leave. And I mean, just deadly in front of the net, whether it's, you know, deflections off his body or collecting a rebound. I mean, you just got to keep an eye on him at all times. And then, of course, Jason Robertson can shoot from just about anywhere. And Rope Hints, one of, if not the best skater on the team, uh, can also shoot from anywhere, but can also, I mean, just undress a defense and then make a goaltender look silly uh, if he gets, you know, open ice. So red hot for that top line for the Stars, for sure. They they should have a good night. Uh, and I expect it to be competitive. I mean, the, the the top line for the Wild does not sound like a, a bad group at all. I mean, that's a, a pretty good trio that you guys have there. Yeah, and it's been it's been interesting to have Sam Steele step into that center role and really play well there. Not something that we expected to see coming into the uh, the season, and so he has done a really good job there. Um, I'm going to say warm for the Wild's top line coming into this game. It's been a few games for Kirill Kaprizov since he has uh, lit the lamp, but. He assisted on a Matt Zuccarello, just gorgeous goal against Connor Hellebuck, who I I can't really figure out why the Wild have such easy success against a guy like that, but just one of those weird things. Um, but he's, he's assisted on a few goals over this, uh, this little cold spell that he's on. Zuccarello has looked great. Steele has looked great. And so that line is still buzzing. And once Kaprizov gets back in the net, it's going to set off an entirely new run for him. And so I'll say warm with the intention of turning that dial to fully hot, uh, hopefully before uh, puck drop tonight. 
Yeah, it, it makes me nervous knowing that he hasn't scored in a while, Kaprizov, because he seems to always score at least once against the Stars. I mean, it, it's just what he's done. And I know he at least got one in the last game. I think he scored the first goal of the matchup. So if history is anything to take note of in this game, it seems like he's due for at least one. But I don't know, maybe maybe the Stars can find a way to keep him off the score sheet for at least one more night. Going to have to, I think, in order to, uh, to come away with the win here in this one. But should be a great game between these two teams. And so uh, we hope to see what should be just an exciting round two between uh, the Wild and Dallas, who I have a feeling will probably have plenty to play for at the end of the season. And so uh, for fans out there listening, make sure you are following along with Dane at Locked on Stars, one of the best we have at the network, so uh, make sure if you are a Locked on Wild listener and you want a little more intel on Dallas to uh, to check out Locked on Stars as well. Both available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, so make sure you subscribe on YouTube, tune in on your favorite platforms as well as we keep you up to date with both the Minnesota Wild and the Locked on Stars with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports podcast network.